Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you, and the wealth of the nations shall come to you. The second passage is... Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides upon the clouds. His name is the Lord. Be exultant before him. Fathers of orphans and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God gives the desolate a home to live in. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious live in a parched land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Good morning. How are you? And uh, it's a privilege to be here with you. Thank you, Randall, for inviting me. And, you know, Barnabas Church, uh, thank you for having us as well. Um, very, very excited about what God is doing in and through the work of Street Peace right now. Um, but yeah, let's just pray and then I'm gonna, just going to share a little bit with you and then uh, we'll wrap up. But um, Lord, I just want to give you this time and just ask that your words would go forth today, that your hope would go forth, Lord. I thank you that as a bride, as a church, we can arise and shine, for the light has come and the glory of the Lord has arisen upon us. And so I just thank you for that word today and ask that that would go into our heart and it would be a word that um, bears good fruit, bears a multiple harvest, not just in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. In the name of Jesus, Amen. So, um, you know, saw that video. That's sort of a brief overview of of what what um, God has been calling us to do. But yeah, this is you know, this didn't just get birthed um, um, out of nowhere. It's been a lifestyle thing for us. Um, I had no dream or vision of launching something like this. Uh, if you told me that I was going to be doing this work. Back in 2017, I would have laughed at you, said, no way, um, I've moved out of youth ministry. We'd, we've run some different, the Lord has allowed us to open up quite a few different um, pioneering ministries in our city of Melbourne. And uh, I really believe that that came out of an understanding of God's kingdom and God's heart. And when you understand the kingdom of God, um, you understand his heart for your region. And so, you know, Street Peace was, is the beginning uh, I can tell you, just a, let me just tell you how it started really quickly, just really briefly. Uh, I just finished up with working with another organization, um, and I was looking for a white-collar job. I'm an aerospace engineer by trade, so that's sort of my background. I've done about seven, eight years in ministry, and I was like, yeah, I've done my time. I'm ready to go back into the uh, workforce and uh, live the life. And we moved out of the city down to our favorite place on the Mornington Peninsula in Mount Martha, and we're like, yes, this is awesome. And, uh, and so I was looking for yeah, an engineering job, a placement. And uh, 
one day as I was just jumped off seek, uh, you know, putting in my resumes and I stepped out onto my balcony and the Lord just arrested me with this sort of, he just asked me a very simple question, which was, what are you doing, Jalil? <laughs> and I, you know, I had a conversation with the Lord out there um, on the balcony, a very real conversation. And he just reminded me of, you know, of, of our first mandate to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be met. And, you know, I believe that we can do that in any arena of our lives, whether you're, um, at work, whether you're in family, where the Lord has placed you is the arena, arena where we seek God's kingdom first. You know, I was thinking coming into Bowen here, it's such a beautiful city, and my wife and I actually had the privilege of living in this um, suburb uh, just when we came back from, uh, we spent a year living in Israel doing outreach work there and working with Jews and Arabs over there, and we landed back here in Bowen. And um, you know, if you've been to Israel, the community is, it's, they're called Sabras, Israelis, because they're quite prickly. Um, they're not polite. So it's, it's probably the most direct opposite of Bowen. And we arrived back here and we got a, a little apartment here, me and my wife and my, my our very young daughter. Um, and she was four months old and we, we moved in and I remember walking down the street and everyone was like smiling at us and saying hello. And we'd spent like, a whole year in Israel where people are pushing past you, being rude, and they're beautiful people, but they don't have like the social cues and etiquettes. They're not they're not part of the culture over there. And we're just like picking up, like getting annoyed by how friendly and kind everyone was because we were so not used to it. I remember the first week we're like, "What's people's problem like? Well, why are they why are they being so kind?" And then we realize, "Oh, hang on, <laughs> this is just this is how Australians are." And um, and I think like this. This suburb has, um, in this region, there's a lot of people who are very happy and there's a lot of um, surface kindness and gentleness and um, people care for each other. But then there's also deep-rooted issues in this suburb as well, like everywhere else. And, um, and I think like here in this suburb, as a church, Barnabas, the church, I love that, an encourager, the Lord has got a mandate for you in this suburb to be that light right now. There is darkness that covers the earth. That's why Isaiah 60 was like a big verse that started us with street peace because we saw the darkness coming into our city. Uh, we had 60 youth hanging out in the malls. They were gathering from all over the city. It was an effect of you know, putting PSOs on all the train stations. And so kids who used to hang out at train stations around the city were pushed to the end of the train lines. Right? These are kids that were sort of homeless, that were... Um, Kids that came from very broken homes, so they couldn't stay at the train station, so they pushed to the ends of the train stations, and then they were pushed out of the train stations around the malls. And that's sort of what's happening in our city with Point Cook. And we essentially didn't fix the problem, it moved the problem on, and it moved the problem into like little towns like Frankston and Point Cook and Dandenong and different areas like that. And so we had a lot of these truant youth gathering in our city, and... um, They were harassing people, harassing the shopkeepers. They were just quite boisterous. And so, uh, you know, you've got 60 kids that are sort of like bumping around there. You know, I'm right at home jumping right into the mix of it. But if you're not used to that, it can be quite confronting um, and scary. And so it was causing a big problem in our city. And so I'd stepped out and I was like, God, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I said, I don't even know what that looks like, right? I don't know what that looks like. But I can tell you the number one step, the first step 
in like missional outreach, from my experience, is walking and observing your community, getting amongst it, getting amongst, even if it's like going to the local shopping center, prayer walking your area, discovering God's heart for your region. Very, um, it, actually, just before this interaction with the Lord on my balcony, um, I'd gone to a prayer meeting uh, with a whole lot of pastors in Frankston, and um, they were praying for God to move in our city, and I'd been there for like, I think we'd been there for three months or something, so very, very new. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I said, God, would you move in the city? And, and I said, God, well, what does that look like? What's, you know, you can pray those things from the Lord, but he also gives us blueprints for our regions. So number one, get amongst your community. Number two, ask him what his blueprint is for your region to reach your region. And I believe he'll give you it. And he said very clearly, I was in this building, which ended up being, it was a Salvation Army building, but ended up being our drop-in center that was given to us two years later. Oh, sorry, a year and a half later um, by a series of miracles. But I was in this building and I saw this building in, in prayer. I just saw it full of kids encountering Jesus, loving Jesus, worshiping Jesus. And he said very clearly, he said, the youth are the low-hanging fruit of this region. And I was like, wow, okay. So I had these things in my heart. I stepped out as God was like, I want you to spend a month. You know, you're out of work. Generally, I was stressing out. I was like, I need to get work. I've got, you know, three kids. I've got a wife. You know, we've got bills to pay. And the Lord said, would you trust me for a month? He asked me, would you trust me for a month on my balcony to just go as I lead you to seek me and to see my heart for my region, uh, for Frankston, God's heart for Frankston. So I stepped out and I went and I was like, okay. And I talked to my wife back. I said, look, can we just trust him for a month? Let's just give God a month and trust that he'll provide for our needs. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, the worst thing is we've dug into our savings a little bit and, uh, you know, I go find a job or whatever. We'll see what happens. Let's just see what the Lord does. And, um, you know, my wife is such a prayerful, faithful woman. And I thought for sure she'll say no because we don't do anything in agreement. So I was like, you know, if she doesn't agree, like, that's almost like, that's the voice of God for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know, like, if it's his will, then he'll also confirm it to her. And I was like, oh, it's, I'm probably just like, it's probably something I ate yesterday. It's probably, you know, anyway, she comes back. She's like, yeah, I really feel like we should do this. And I was like, what? Okay. So that led me to do a month in the harvest. We call it just reaching out to our community, going around, door knocking, walking the streets, prayer walking our city. And during that first two weeks, I started to discover, encounter these kids. I didn't know the issue that was going on through the pastors, through some um, divine interactions. And uh, one of my friends was actually a youth worker, and he invited me down to come and see, and, I, and he introduced me to a whole range of these kids. And, uh, and so I spent <clears throat> the next really four weeks down every three, four days, just encountering these kids, meeting these kids, talking to them, sitting with them, buying them food, hearing their stories, praying with them, sharing the gospel. And uh, my heart started just to break for these kids because, you know, I can understand that they're children overseas that are hungry, but these kids, some of these kids hadn't eaten for 24, 48 hours. They had to steal for their own food. They weren't within the system. They were 12, 13-year-olds. They weren't at school. Uh, they didn't have parents, lo- a loving family, which I grew up in and a lot, of, a lot of other people, you know, a lot of us have had. They didn't have that. Broken families, drug-addicted families, parents in, you know, 
generally father completely absent in their life was the most consistent thing a fatherless um, generation. And my heart, after a month, my heart just broke for these kids and the Lord. And I'd spent a month out there and the Lord said, like, if you don't do it, who will? And I'd spent that month out there and there was no other, there was a few youth agencies doing things. But again, like, it wasn't like, there is something so beautiful as a servant of Jesus that carries the hope and the love of God. And the thing that compels us is not because it's a paid position. It goes beyond that. It's the empathy and the kindness of God that is so beautifully found in the church. And that really is a significant difference. And what we found was these kids would gravitate to me while they wouldn't gravitate to certain other, like other agencies really in the city. And that wasn't because... That was through a different range of reasons, but the thing that made them gravitate to, to, to us and the work that we started doing was that they felt that we truly cared. Care. And um, I want to encourage you, like, as a church, just choosing to, just going, okay, I'm going to open up my heart to care for our community. That's love. Like, what does that look like for us to truly be caring for our community? You probably don't have truant youth here, but I can tell you that, a lot of family breakdown is consistent across the suburbs, no matter across the different wealth, um, diversity of, 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 of um, people and um, the wealth diversity within our region. The thing that we're seeing is, is a lot of family breakdown, and a lot of these kids are coming out of family breakdown. And, um, and so we, we started Street Peace that really st- launched Street Peace. We didn't know what we were doing. We shifted so many times in that first six months it's been very interesting and then uh we've had covid on top of that and that's really been challenging as well but wow we've also seen god just really like we've seen gangs that used to run frankston um as the lord and as our team because it's not just me it's like a team of us now volunteers going in and serving and loving these kids seen these gangs sort of disappear and street peace in a really big way is now the main influencer amongst the kids in our region um in frankston at least and it's it's been really really powerful it hasn't been without its persecution hasn't been without um its challenges but it's been really awesome and we're excited about what god is leading us into in the future um uh, we're looking at buying our own drop-in space. We're looking at expanding street peace, not just to Frankston, but into Dandenong and St. Cranbourne and other regions that have um, a real problem with um, fatherless youth, at-risk youth. Um, I believe it's, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a pandemic of our, of our time, is uh, kids that don't know their identity, don't know their value, um, who have don't have real family and they're looking for family and I think what a place the bride of Jesus like if we should represent anything to the world it should be family you know God didn't create family he is family the father the son and the holy spirit and so as a bride we represent that to the world that's so much bigger than religion that's so much bigger than um a service it's community it's family where people find a a true sense of love of, of people who are willing to lay down their lives for each other. And that's why this passage here in, in um, Psalm 68 that, are, that we read out, Psalm 68 verse 5, has been so strong in our hearts, talking about the very character of God. This says, God is the father of the fatherless. 
the protector of widows. Um, especially amongst the youth, the kids that we work with, most of them have absent fathers, fathers in prison. They have A lot of them have dads. I mean, everyone has a dad, but not many of them have true fathers or have a true father. It says that this is God. He's the father of the fatherless, the protector of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. When you think about God, the holy habitation, where he just naturally dwells, his most natural space of being seated in his home, this is what it looks like to God. It's the closest thing. It's He's the father of the fatherless. He cares for these kids. He cares for, for the broken in our society. He cares for those who um, are alone. He cares for the widow, the, the, those women who are, who are left. We have um, a real prevalent issue of um, teenage pregnancies in our region and a lot of young mums. And it's amazing what they do. I will tell you, like, some of these kids are like these young women who are pregnant and do it on their own are like absolute heroes, the things that they've had to go through to be able to look and love, love their children. Um, and we know that God's heart burns so much for them. And I, I love that. And I feel like Street Peace has really been able to align with the Father's heart around this uh, for our region, but also for our city. And that's really our heart, that Street Peace would be, as we go, would be a platform for the local church and the church in Australia to really engage this prevalent issue right now in our country to allow these fatherless youth to really encounter fathers and mothers. Uh, we're launching a program called LIT, which is Life in Transition, where uh, we are raising up volunteers out of local churches who will meet one-to-one with one of these youth and just commit to a year of just loving one kid. Regardless of how they respond, they might get back to you, they mightn't, but put their time out every, every week to just to catch up, to see how they're going, to care for them, maybe take them for, co- take them for coffee, and just create this one-to-one peer mentoring. And I, I think that's so powerful. We've discovered, you know, you can run kids through a whole lot of different programs, but having an adult, a person who's actually just... Um, I mean, we're all broken in a way, but someone who's got a level of maturity, someone who's got, who clearly sees the Father, has Jesus in their lives, walking along someone who um, is, has, doesn't, may not have any family structure around them, has a capacity to completely transform a young person's life. And so we're excited about that. We're excited about what God's doing. I want to encourage you just here out of Isaiah 60, this passage He says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen by you. You marry that passage with Colossians chapter 1, and he says this. In Colossians chapter 1, he says, in verse 26, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The writer of Colossians right here is referring back to Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, the glory of the Lord is risen. How is this going to happen? Because Jesus rose, and when we've given our lives to Jesus, we've been risen with him. That's why it says he's risen upon us. That's the hope as believers that we can carry even as the world gets darker. 
the hope is not found outside. The hope is found within us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The good news of being born again is that the Son of God would, as you lay down your life, you're buried with Christ. Your sin nature, your old nature is completely gone and he gives you a brand new heart. And it's Christ in you, the hope of glory that will actually shine bright today, tomorrow, and into the future. And that hope of glory, I really believe you, you grab a hold of that. The hope is found in Jesus, the anchor of your soul at this time. I believe it's a time we're coming into where the church is going to really shine bright in our region. So my encouragement to you is get amongst your community. Continue to reach out. I know it's difficult right now during COVID, but I think we're going to open up and there's going to be opportunities that are going to start to arise. There's a lot of people feeling very isolated. Pray. Pray for your community. Ask God for strategies. He'll have a blueprint for you as a church. He'll give you some steps in what it looks like for you to move forward as a church, to really be missional in your community. Number three. Don't lean on your own strength or your own ability. Lean heavily upon Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because he's the light of the world and his light has been placed in your life. And I can tell you, that's the only thing that started Street Peace. When I saw the issues and the brokenness, I didn't lean on my own ability or my own charisma. I would have failed miserably. But we lean heavily upon Jesus and we know he's the hope of the world. And I can tell you, that that's probably been the biggest miracle of the last two years is Jesus, what he's done, what he can do. And, you know, I humbly just come back to him that it's Christ in us. I believe that, that he's given us his life. And standing upon that allows us to be giant slayers, allows us to see transformation in our community, allows us to love people that we think would be impossible to love and allows us to see true transformation. Um, So I want to really encourage you today in that that as feeble as you may feel, Jesus, the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah, has placed himself within you. Trust that. Be led by that today. Amen.